Welcome everyone to the very first episode in Women in Data series First Story. We have a really amazing guest today to kick us off, Danielle Duran. Danielle is a member of Women in Data, but she's also the head of data science and co-founder of Quotient. Danielle has over 10 years experience in the field and a ton of great insight. I'm super excited to have her here today. So welcome, Danielle. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me on. It's just wonderful to help kick off your podcast series. Super excited to be here. So, yeah. So why don't you go ahead and tell listeners a little bit about what you do today? I mean, head of data science and co-founder um, sounds like a lot to do, you know, so tell us a little about, you know, what Quotient does and what you do in this role. Yeah, thanks for that. It's a great prompt. Um, right now, I try to do 10 million things in a day. I wear several different hats. Um, we're deep in the fundraise. We're about to get funding. So what I find myself doing most often currently is in, sitting in investor pitches, uh, creating decks to try to um, accurately and efficiently explain how our data science process is different, why we stand out among the uh, very sparse field of competitors, uh, why we deserve investors' hard-earned dollars, uh, then there's also the aspect of just getting a business off the ground and creating a solid company culture, having people ready in the wings to come on board as soon as we do get funded. So there's a lot of um, that co-founding aspect that I focus on right now. Um, it's a lot less data science that I would like um, and a lot more just um, operational aspects. That's been my entire last year almost, and it's 100% worth it because at Quotient, we are accurately tracking and thereby able to reduce methane emissions in the supply chain of commodity production. And this is super important because we're um, emitting over 50 billion tons of uh, CO2E into the atmosphere globally every single year. 100 companies are responsible for 70% of those greenhouse gases, and a lot of those companies are in the energy generation sector. So if you can track and reduce those emissions, you have an enormous potential for a huge reduction. So that's the insight into why we're doing what we're doing. And so I'm very lucky to have teamed up with a couple of very smart people that um, have very intimate knowledge and connections in the oil and gas field. So that's where we're starting. Um, everyone knows that methane is um, 86 times more warming uh, per ton than CO2, and we all know CO2 is bad for the environment. So um, that's why it's so important to start with oil and gas as well. In the energy transition, gas has the potential to be a bridge fuel, but only if it's low leak. And on our platform, you can track and prove that. So a lot of the data science I get to do is around um, tracking like noisy, airful, real, near real time data, um, anomaly detection, all that fun stuff. I'll get to do more of that as soon as we get funded. Um, hope that answers the question. <laughs> Feels yeah, like no, that's, that's excellent. And it sounds like you guys have, I mean, you do have a very important mission um, and working on a really important problem that's relevant to today and what we're trying to solve. And some of the, some of the biggest problems that really are just not only facing um, you know, the U.S., but really our world, it's, it's a global problem. And so, you know, my question is, were you attracted to this role because of the heading data science or was it more really like the purpose driven of the mission? And so can you talk a little bit about just like, 
you know, how you got into the field of data science and, you know, what attracted you to doing this work? So in order to really answer that question, we got to go like way back to the time that I was like a child, really. And I'll, I'll make that as brief as possible. But um, most of our listeners here are going to be women. And so I don't know about anyone else, but from a young age, I inherently felt inequality before I knew how to properly express that with words. I knew in the home I was treated differently than my brother. I knew that in school I had different expectations than the boys. When I was 15, I started community college along with high school. My first class was intro to sociology. We discussed inequality in terms of uh, gender, race, ethnicity, class. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just, it's intuitive. It makes sense. This is what I've like intuitively felt all along expressed into words. So in college, I, I continued following sociology. So I'm like, yes, this makes sense. I want to learn more. Then I started to realize um, it's all fine and good to know about this social structure, privilege, and hierarchy, but we need to do something about this. It's definitely not fair. And how do we convince people that we need to make changes? Who has the power to make changes? I said, okay, so lawmakers, right? We can get government regulation on the books so that we can make a more equitable society. Okay, how do we target those folks? What do they listen to? Hopefully they listen to scientific research. If we can do rigorous methodology according to the scientific process quantitatively, then hopefully we can make change. So I decided to double major in sociology and statistics. And plus, I just loved the logical nature of statistics. Um, and so therefore I combined two passions. Um, in grad school, I followed uh, sociology first. They got a master's in social. I moved down to New Mexico to continue a PhD. And that didn't end up panning out. And ABD almost finished, but um, I got passed off to a different professor when mine retired. And this person said, you know, it's going to take three more years for you to finish your degree. And in that time, I realized I really wanted to follow stats and try to make more of a difference in the world than I could by teaching. I always wanted to do research more than teach. So I decided to get a master's in statistics. And that that was great. Um, along this path too, um, in New Mexico, I started my own statistical consulting business, Better Statistical Consulting. It's still a sole prop to this day. Um, through that work, I met my co-founder, Jason Lebersky. He introduced me to my former company, Expansive Data Systems. And that's how I got into the field of oil and gas. When I first started working for, uh, for Jason and with the expansive folks, I thought, what have I done? I sold my soul to the devil. Like the money's good, but this like, isn't really what I wanted to do, you know, like work for oil and gas companies. But then I learned more about the mission, like behind the whole idea. Um, we're looking at oil and gas data so you can track methane emissions throughout the supply chain you can make visible, currently invisible externalities of this commodity production. And I said, okay, now we're really onto something. So that's how I got involved. And I found that I could satisfy that desire to build inclusive niche data models using really unique techniques that I bring from a multidisciplinary background and feel like I'm making a difference, a positive impact on the world at the same time. So about a year ago, I unexpectedly got laid off along with most of my company, uh, or most of the office here in Albuquerque, um, just do some politics there. Um, so 
It was really a sudden shift. The rug was pulled out from under my feet. I expected fully that in 2020, I would continue to lead the data science team. We would continue to make advances in the projects we were working on. And so I had to reorient myself. I said, what are we gonna do? Um, I was actually remote in South America at the time too. I came back to the United States and I said, Jason, let's just keep working on this because I always believed in the original mission and vision that was really his. Um, so he said, let's do it. Let's just keep working. And in maybe April last year, he said, I, I want you to meet someone. And that's how I got introduced to Travis Kellerman. They bonded over shared toxic experiences in the startup culture. We committed to never, ever create those types of cultures and experiences again. And the three of us have been, but they hate when I say this, but we're like three musketeers of ESG performance. Um, and so that's how we found a quotient. So for me, it really wasn't ever like, I did not think I would be in this position a year ago, but I am profoundly grateful and extremely purposed that this has happened. So yeah, there's here. a lot of things I'd love to dive into about this. And one of the things that really stands out to me is just like how early on you knew that like making a difference, you needed to have, you know, facts and statistics and numbers, right? And I'm really curious about, you know, it sounded like that was secondhand to like you wanting to make a difference. And I think that there's a lot of people out there who want to make a difference. So how did you find like an area that you wanted to make a difference in? Like, how did you really come to like, this is my purpose? That's a really good question. For a long time, and I'm not saying I found it exactly yet. This is what feels right for now. For a long time, I did not know what I would do out of school. I knew what felt right in my heart in what I, I knew what I didn't want to do. I didn't want to end up as a professor just teaching. Though there are amazing people who can teach and kudos and incredible work. I never felt like that was for me. Um, I always knew that my purpose was going to be found more in exploring data in a unique novel way. And that could be in really any field. Um, not just any field. Mom said, you know, sports statistics makes a lot of money. How about you go and analyze some, you know, baseball team numbers? <laughs> no, thanks. I'm comfortable just watching the Cubbies once in a while. <laughs> um, so, but I, I always have had an eye for the environment. Um, I remember taking an environmental racism course and really feeling deeply um, upset by the fact that low income and racial minorities are, like communities of color are placed next to um, like nuclear facilities or not gas generating facilities. Um, and the social determinants of health that relate or stem from those facts, we, we really do need to rectify that situation. And why is it that certain people are unable to experience upward mobility in the same fashion as others because of those situations? Um, it's, it's really, so for me, it makes sense that um, I would find my purpose in an environmental sense. I still have a deep interest in the other aspects of social inequality, um, such as gender and ethnicity too. So one of the things that we're working towards at Quotient Labs is to build in um, inclusive data models. And what I mean by that is bringing in all components of ES and G, environmental, social governance, when considering the impacts of commodity production. So you'll not just know 
um, only the carbon intensity of a unit of production, also you can then see what is the social impact on a community? What are the governance implications? That does not currently exist. There's a reason for that. I mean, one of the data sets, if they do exist, they're disparate, they're incomplete. Um, but also there just needs to be a will and then a plan and an implication of that plan. And we're the company to do that. And it just takes someone with a multidisciplinary eye too. So that's the goal. Um, yeah, so it sounds like that purpose has really driven you in your data science journey. I mean, as anyone knows in the field, it's not an end destination. It definitely is a journey. But what has, you know, co-founding a company, it sounds like, you know, right now you're a little bit, you're less in the kind of day-to-day work of data science and more into, you know, the investment rounds and all the wonderful things that come with co-founding a company. Like, what has that taught you? And also, like, how have you evolved through that experience? Yeah, great question. Uh, the mantra for this last year has been getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. I'm a planner. I like to know what's coming. You can't know what's coming when you're co-founding a company. So I uh, forget being able to set a timeline. You can have an idea of what you would like to have happen when and you just really be flexible um, you need to create your own routine and way to feel psychologically secure during this time. You also need to uh, lean on others in your circle. You need to be brutally honest about how you're feeling, how your fellow co-founders are feeling, and be there for each other and be in tune. I mean, so I always lean more towards the kind of soft skills when I talk about things that I've learned. Um, but also there are definite like technical skills that I've learned, like how do you best pitch investors? The stuff that we do is a little complicated. So if I start off by saying we're creating a differentiated digitized asset version of an MCF of natural gas, they're yeah, a mirror world. Sorry, pass. So that's not going to work. I start from a very logical frame. And that's one thing that I really noticed where, um, I differ from others that are serial entrepreneurs. I see how um, Travis and Jason pitch the company and they have this like sort of buzzword, keyword speak that they'll use. That doesn't land with everyone. So I'm like, all right, we're just gonna break it down. Here's the very logical way. Because having been in the space for a while, I remember the moment that it clicked for me. And then I can pitch this in a way that it'll click for others too. So I learned a lot about my strengths as well. I feel like over this last year, I've really grown more into a leader as well. For a while, I was concerned. I was like, so I only have a little bit of leadership experience in the data science team from Expansive. How am I gonna learn to do this? As head of data science, you know, we have to hire a team and we sort of have people picked out. Then I need to project manage and set goals around like the plateaus that we have for building platform. Um, and I just realized it's all about planning. If you can plan that, you're not going to fail. And trust your team, trust your people, trust yourself. That's like my biggest takeaway from this last year. Yeah, I think that's such a great one, especially for women too. Is that you know trusting yourself? Women in the women and data community have so much education, so much knowledge. Half the time I'm like going to just kick him out the door and be like, hey, just go do it now. Like you got everything you need. Like now it's time to like, you know, get your hands dirty. So 
Yeah. And in that regard of like knowing when it's time, how do you know when it's time? Like, okay, I didn't feel like I had a ton of leadership experience and I've never, you know, started or co-founded a company. How did you know when it was time? It's like, yes, it's time for me to do this. Yeah. Another good question. I think it's kind of like, you know, have you ever heard that phrase that you, you never know if you're ready to have a baby? You just, it just happens. <laughs> having a company, building a company is kind of like having a baby, right? <laughs> it's this thing like, oh, literally, like we're, we've been in a fundraise for seven months now. It's like about to come to fruition. So um, when Jason first proposed this, he's like, you know, do you want to go into business together? And I, I thought, me? Really me? And it took a couple of months. And then I realized, um, I, I meditated on, I'm like, all right, why would he choose you? And I thought, well, it's obviously, so I came back from Ecuador and I said, let's get to work. Like I've been the one that's interfacing with him at the previous company already. He chose to hire me as one of the first people at the previous company, like here that trust already. So I think it's really about learning to trust yourself and realizing that even if you don't feel ready, you have the skills there and just doing some reflection and saying, okay, my brain says this, but actually I feel in my heart that this is something I can do and I want to do. And at the time I really did want to, I still want to, I still need to continue down this path. Um, when I got laid off, I could have gotten like other jobs, you know, apply. And I don't think it would have given me the same purpose and just, it would maybe just be a paycheck and that's, I've never cared about that. Money is important, but you get one life and you need to be fulfilled and happy and content with that life. And a large part of our lives are spent working. I would much rather be unemployed and co-founding a company over this last year than just getting a paycheck. So the, I guess the answer is you might not ever feel completely ready, but you need to take a leap if you are committed to that vision and you want to see that happen because you're the one that's going to make that vision come true, not others. Oh, that's a great piece of advice. I love that last part about you making that vision come true. Cause there's never a point when you're like, okay, it's all here and ready. Like if it was like, it would already be true. So um, yes, definitely feel that on the taking the leap. But for those who aren't ready to take a leap into potentially, you know, co-founding a company, what advice do you give to people who are interested in a data career and just starting their journey? Um, you know, what are some of the things that have gotten you through or you would advise to people interested in starting out? Oh yeah, I love this question. So I've noticed a lot of the new members, women in data are coming from non-traditional data backgrounds, um, maybe even like non-STEM backgrounds. This is fantastic. I love this. I love that you all are getting involved in data. So my advice to each and every one of you is to find your why. Why are you interested in data? What is your passion? How do you view it, you uniquely? What are the set of skills that you bring to the table? I think about stats as like having a set of tools in your toolbox. So you gotta think about what tool is appropriate for your data set in order to unlock this, the secrets within, right? So you are gonna look at data differently coming from a music background than someone who comes from a healthcare background. And I mean, so when I'm considering who I want to hire, I want to hire someone who's multidisciplinary. Yes, you should have knowledge of like general stats and like maybe machine learning AI, 
that's fine. I do not want you to have just a PhD in statistics or mathematics or computer science from MIT. Sorry, pass, boring. Like you need to be multidisciplinary. Like my ideal target hire for one of our um, quotient people will be a uh, financial guru, someone who like loves stock markets, but also is really passionate about the environments. It can help us build like ESG centered metrics. Um, and maybe you do something else really cool too. So yeah, find your why, really build your brand, market yourself. Um, coming from a field outside of stats is not a, a downside. Like that is a huge benefit to uh, future employers. And on this point, I wanted to tell a story. When I first started working uh, with Jason at his um, uh, engineering firm before we were both at Expansive, we had an oil and gas company that was uh, just the clients. And so they'd ask us to do these one-off analyses. They recently had purchased a large oil field, or sorry, natural gas field in one of the Mountain West states up north. They purchased it for $300 million. There was a subset of those wells that were not producing. They were shut in. They had purchased these assets based on a reserve report that said, if you turn these on and pump out all the water, they, your money would come back and it would pay off. Now, they hired us to do our own analysis using real-time data on those wells and just look at the decline curve. Look how long those wells have been in operation. Look at their position in the field relative to other wells and say, okay, if you pump out the water, how much gas will they produce? Is it worth it? They're going to invest $30 million into these wells. So I applied a technique from biostatistics actually, um, survival analysis or time to event analysis, saying like, okay, once you pump out the water, how long will it take for the gas to produce? And then how much gas will you pump out? And basically there was no way in any parallel universe you would ever turn a profit on those assets. So um, luckily that company believed us they were able to divest of those assets and they sold them. The company they sold those assets to believed the original reserve report and later went bankrupt. And that client is still very close friends of us today. And that's, yeah, I love that story because it just shows the power of looking at data in a different manner. If I've been trained as just an engineer or just a statistician, I might not have looked at it like that. And instead that was a, better in our cap, like one of our best analyses. Definitely, and this is one of the key reasons too why I love working on diverse teams because you know, you don't, never know who has a different experience in another field and another technique. I get so many people who are like, how am I ever gonna learn it all? And I'm like, one, you're never gonna learn it all. That's why you network, right? And that's why you connect with other people to make sure that you know, you're learning from others' diverse experiences. So yeah, I think that's excellent advice. You know, Find your why and then use your unique background because you know what I've read before is there's no competition for your life purpose so if you're really using your unique background like you're gonna soar you're gonna excel so this has been excellent um, if people have more questions Danielle what's a great way for them to get in contact with you you may find me on LinkedIn um, Danielle K Duran D-U-R-A with an accent and um, we also have a Medium blog, so I think it's Medium slash Danielle Kedron. Um, Quotient has its own Medium blog, and then Quotient is Quotient.io. It's our kind of investor splash page. It will not explain much, but we intrigue. <laughs>
Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I know this is, I've enjoyed this conversation. I'm sure we'll provide a lot of insight to others. Um, I look forward to seeing more of you in the Women in Data community. Yes, likewise. Thank you so much for taking the time today. It's so wonderful. Thanks, everyone.